This is Beyond the Bell Tower, where an elite group of North Carolina State University students give us a behind-the-scenes look at their steps to success in attaining even the loftiest goals. These students, who are in the top 10% in the country, are active in student support services at NC State. These students are low-income and first-generation NC State students. Nationally, this population has a 10% graduation rate. NC State students have a graduation rate over 90% and go on to become doctors, dentists, accountants, engineers. They work at Google, Apple, and the NCAA. Some have even earned PhDs at Ivy League colleges. These students go well beyond the bell tower to attain their imminent goals. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Wright, your host of Season 6 Beyond the Bell Tower. This is episode two, and we're excited to have you guys tuning in once again. And we're looking forward to a great episode with two awesome students. We have Morgan Alexander and Maya McDowell. Say hello to the fans. Hey, y'all. How's yeah. it going? Yeah, this is Morgan and Maya, and we're happy to have them on the show. So let's get right into it. Uh, I met Morgan and Maya uh, through my audition to the Uninhibited Praise Gospel <laughs> Choir, yeah. my junior year of college. Um, a little nerve-wracking, right? It was the whole executive board just staring at me while I sang. But it was a lot of fun, and they're very talented individuals, which is why I had them on the show today. So um, let's get to know more about them. Let's start with Morgan. Um, where are you from, and uh, what exactly brought you to NC State? Um, I'm Morgan Alexander. I am from Wendell, North Carolina, but I always claim Raleigh. Um, <laughs> what brought me to NC State? Actually... I came to NC State, I want to say, maybe when I was a junior in high school because my sister was doing some sort of event there. And then I kind of fell in love with the campus. And then I applied. They gave me a lot of money. Um, so it just ended up being where I, where I went in. I've been here ever since. All right. Maya? It's about the same. Um, I'm from Clayton, North Carolina, which is literally like five minutes from Wendell. Um, and I also claim Raleigh because nobody knows where Clayton is. Right. Nobody <laughs> knows where Clayton is. Um, and I came to NC State. I was not planning on coming to NC State up until I got accepted. Um, I thought I was at the up the road in Chapel Hill. But um, did not do that. Quickly learned my lesson. Um, I came to NC State mostly because they gave me a lot of money. Um, and because I fell in love with the people that I was meeting on campus. And mm. I... I always really enjoy the energy that like NC State alum have, and so I was like, yeah, let me, let me get in on that. Let me get in on okay. like on that. So, what was your favorite things about growing up? You know, in Wendell or Clayton. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one thing I love now that I'm not there anymore is that it was so peaceful, so quiet. Um, I didn't live into the in the city until like four or five years ago, so I didn't really know what city life was like I was used to being able to see the stars every night I was used to like a yeah. quiet 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 small town like little homegrown shops stuff like that mom and pop shops so mm -hmm. I wasn't used to like the, a bigger city like Raleigh so I think that's something I can say now that I really miss is like stuff like that I, I swear I'm not trying to have the same answers mm -hmm. but it's about it's about <laughs> yeah. the same it's I about agree. the same yeah. like there's going home is like so like fulfilling and like right. healing to my soul sometimes because it's it there's a lot in Raleigh and then mm -hmm. going home and then it's just my dad's backyard and mm -hmm. then we're just surrounded by a whole bunch of trees mm -hmm. not a lot of people looking at the stars mm -hmm. it's really slow okay and sometimes I forget how slow life can be mm -hmm. and it's it's really necessary at times especially because right. life can get so busy in college and things yeah. like that we got some small town girls okay yeah. nothing wrong with that so <laughs> Well, y'all said it, not me. Yeah. Um, what concerns did you guys have moving away from home? I ain't that far. I'm like 20 minutes mm -hmm. away from home. So I, I think my biggest concern maybe would have been, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have one. <laughs> I think for me, it was definitely like independence. Mm. Yeah. Like I was, I grew up um, very much a daddy's girl. Um, my dad or both my parents tried their best to give me anything that I needed or like help me with things. Um, and so being away from home, my parents were also very 
adamant on like, okay, even though you are really close to home, you're an adult, we're going to give you your space. We're going to let you grow as an individual. So they're not like on, like on me all the time Mm -hmm. or like stifling or anything. So I think like learning how to navigate, uh, life as like my own individual on my own was like the hardest part, but it wasn't, it wasn't difficult. It wasn't like, like that difficult, but it was what I struggled with the most. Okay. Yeah. No problems there. Yeah. So what is one strength and one weakness that you all would give to yourselves currently? Um, I think my, I'm a super like headstrong, hyper independent, like confident person. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's also a strength and a weakness because mm-hmm. I find myself like kind of bulldozing into situations that I really don't have to bulldoze into. And especially like in a position like this, like, I, I feel like I always have to go in like super defensive and that's just, I don't necessarily always have to do that. So mm-hmm. I think that may be one of my biggest issues so far is like, I don't know, kind of navigating when to kind of be chill and relax and kind of see where it's going first. Okay. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. I think on a similar note, I think my biggest strength is I'm very outspoken, very, uh, I'm a people person. Mm. I've always got labeled like a social butterfly. So it's really easy for me to talk to other people and to get my point across. I'm very bold. Um, but on the, uh, on the opposite end of that, um, I like being involved. I really like being involved with a lot of things. So I often find myself where I'm overbooked, over busy. Mm. Yeah. And then next thing I know, I'm busy every single day of the week. And so I can't show up the way that I need to for certain things because I really like getting my hands dirty. I like being involved in my communities and things like that. So like sometimes I do it a bit too much yeah. and then I'm sitting here drained and depleted of right. my energy that I need for myself because I'm uh, trying to give to too many different things. Yeah, I think I'm similar on that aspect, <laughs> really. But like I th- I'd say a strength of mine is something that I've actually developed in college mm. simply because of like the necessity of it, like time management. Right. I think yes. I'm really good at that now and it's something that's developed over the past four years. But in terms of weaknesses, like there's rarely time occasionally where I give myself like just Great. days off of rest. Right. But, yes. You know, like I feel like I always have to be involved in something or doing something. Yeah. And, you know, every now and then it's cool to take a break. So that's something I'm working on. <laughs> but I think it's good. I think it's good that we're talking about that because like we're going to be able to look back at this and say, hey, I remember when I was in college, Whoa. this was it. But now, <laughs> Please. yeah, yeah, a little bit of the Take progress development. Day, Josh. Yeah. yeah. Take a self-care day. Maybe. Sometimes I forget something after this. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's get into your um, college experiences. What are you all's majors, and why'd you choose them? Mm. Mm. Um, I, <laughs> I'm a biology major, and then I have a mm. minor in plant biology. Um I didn't start here. I started in biochemistry, and then I found out that that was more chemistry mm. than bio. Um, and then I moved to, and honestly, truly, really, that really messed up my confidence, like coming into college, because mm. um, finding out how hard those classes were, I was like, okay, maybe it's Morgan. But in reality, the classes were just really hard. And I ended up moving to like the Bachelor of Arts in Biology, which is um, kind of less science-based. And then I realized like I really like science and I'm really good at it. So I moved to the Bachelor of Science, which is where I am now. And um, yeah, I really like knowing why things happen. Um, I like knowing what's going on on a molecular level. So that's how we ended up in bio. Okay. Yeah, I'm also a biology major. Um, I started out in molecular biology. Mm. So I started out with an intended major of molecular, cellular, and developmental biology. Um, And then the spring semester of my freshman year, I coded into microbiology because that's always been like a, like a, an interest of mine. I really like knowing like the hows and whys of like what goes on inside of us, like our microbiomes and like, or like our, like all the, the little bacteria and things that we don't see that plays a big part Mm -hmm. in how our health comes into play. So I was looking at it from like a health perspective. Um, And then I realized that microbiology was really like, it was too narrow for me. So like getting up every single day and doing microbiology, being in the the lab, and then immediately going to like um, a class where we're talking about uh, epidemics. And then immediately after that, going to to another lab, it was a lot. 
And so now uh, I switched to just biology because it's very broad and I can study anything from like, I'm taking an entomology course, which is like insects. Mm -hmm. So I can do anything from like the study of insects to like cellular biology. And so it gives me like a very diverse spread of uh, the science, which I really appreciate. And then I also have an English minor uh, because I've always had a passion for like literature and poetry and things like that. So I wanted to have a minor that would allow me to pursue uh, like my other passions as well, not just science, because I want to be very well-rounded and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So y'all be completely honest. Do you see yourselves, you know, taking this major into your careers with you? Do you want to stay within it? The major? No, the minor, yes. Okay. Um, I, the plan is for me to get my master's in my minor, which is plant biology. Um, I don't okay. see myself like, because like Maya said, biology is super duper broad. And I feel like once you find your little niche, mm -hmm. that's what you should follow. Right. Um, so I love plants. I love taking care of plants. I feel like plants are critical and essential to our everyday life and the betterment of our lives. Very true. And I feel like plants were given to us in the beginning to like for those very reasons. And I feel like we aren't appreciating them enough, which is why I want to do what I want to do. So mm -hmm. I see myself exploring my minor and following my minor like to the end. But okay. I think my major definitely gave me a lot of the background knowledge that I needed mm -hmm. to be successful in my minor, but that's my girl. I'm going to hold her down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think for me, I kind of want to marry the two. I really hope that uh, in my future I can find a career that balances like my love for like the sciences with my love for uh, like English and literature and things like that. Um, the plan is after graduation, I um, want to get my master's in public health because um, that's mostly where, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Continue, continue. We try to be Dr. Fauci or whatever. But um, <laughs> so I'm like, I, I really had to sit down with myself because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I started out pre-med um, because I was always like, okay, yeah, I want to be a doctor. I really want to serve like underserved communities. Um, especially like black and brown communities. And so I was like, where do I think black and brown people need the most help? And I was like in the healthcare field, like especially black women. And so whatever I do with my, uh, with my career, I want to help the betterment of black women. And so I was like, how do I do that? Okay, I'll be a doctor. But that's not something that I think I have the capability for because I was feeling a lot of pressures from like my peers and things like that. And they're all doing these like great big things and stuff. So I was like, okay, I have to go to medical school. Um, but I'm realizing like throughout my college journey, that's not something that I have to do. Um, it might be there down the road, but I realized that what I really, really enjoy is just helping people on a like face-to-face -face level or a very um, like personal level. And so I was like, I can do that in public health. I just want to talk to these communities and I want to figure out what do you guys need in order to live healthier lives. And so public health is a really good route for me to do that. Yeah. So I, I think service for the people. That's really okay. Good. Right. That's really good. Okay. And I think it's so cool that both of you, you know, you kind of have an idea of what it is that you want to go mm -hmm. into. It may one. not be 100% just a little idea. And you know, that's not a bad sign. So that's cool. Um, Maya, can you talk a little bit about the Good Night Scholarships Office and what it is yes. and what it entails? Mm. <laughs> I, I'm so eternal, eternally grateful for that program. Um, so I mentioned how like the main reason I went to NC State was because of the financial aspect. Mm -hmm. um, I was always worried about how I was going to pay for college. It was never right. a question of whether I was going to college because my parents were willing to like make that sacrifice, like whatever you need to get like to go to college, like we'll help pay for it, whatever. But I didn't want to put that kind of burden on my family. And I didn't even know about the scholarship until um, I was checking my spam inbox. I was checking the spam thing of my inbox and they sent me an email and they were like, you're eligible to apply for this scholarship. I had never heard of any other scholarships on, on NCC's campus. I'd never heard of TRIO. I'd never heard mm -hmm. of the Good Night Scholarship. I'd only heard of like the Park Scholars. And so I was like, I'm not really trying to go to NC State anyway, but I guess I'll apply, you know? Um, so the Goodnight Scholarships Office is a scholarship program for first year scholars and transfer scholars. Um, 
of middle and lower in income families. And it provides you with $22,000 a year to attend NC State and uh, get a STEM degree. Um, so the difference between the Goodnight Scholarship and uh, other scholarships on campus is that it's focused on STEM students and um, creating better uh, STEM workers for like the betterment of Raleigh. Um, we believe in like paying it forward and like using what you've learned in school to better your communities. Um, so I've been a part of that since my freshman year. It's a, it's a really, really fun office. It's, really, it's a really great program with a lot of great people and staff. And I don't think that I could have made it anywhere that I am in college without the people of that program. Yeah. Because sometimes there's a lot of burden with, um, okay, I'm accepted into this big program with a lot of like smart kids. But like in college, there you're gonna have like those moments where like you don't really feel too smart, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> you're in, you're <laughs> in school, yeah. and like there'd be times I'd be sitting Get like in it, yeah. in my lecture hall or something like that. I'd be like, dang, Man. I don't really understand. Doctor Doctor Jim Goodnight is giving me money to do this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really doing it very well. Um, but it, having that kind of community and having other people with you that are like, yeah, don't worry. I also failed orgo the first time that I took it. Like it's okay. I failed the second time that I took it. It's okay. You're mm -hmm. gonna be fine. Yeah. So I really do appreciate those people and how the program helped me with those kinds of things. Yeah. So you talked about, you know, kind of getting the invitation or that email saying that you're yeah. eligible. Mm -hmm. So that means in high school, you did some pretty big things. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess, yeah. I guess. Um, how did I prep people for? always downplay themselves. You smart. She's humble. I guess. She's humble. That's smart. All. Thank, you are thank very you. smart. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. But um, let's see. Um, I think like the biggest things, uh, or I think the biggest thing I appreciate about the Goodnight Scholarship is that um, it's less. They always say that like the Goodnight Scholarship is not like a a reward for like the work that you did in high school. It's an investment okay. in like your future. Okay. So it's like, like while yes, like you are a good like you were a good student, which is why we picked you. Um, what were my stats in high school? I think I had like a four point five GPA. Yeah. I had taken like six AP courses. Um, I was in a, like a ton of different clubs. I was president of the National Honor Society. Okay. And um, especially, I think like above all else though, I think the most important thing was like my essay writing. Okay. Um, and just like getting your point across and like wanting to be an individual who made a difference in your community, um, I think was like the biggest thing of like proving my point to them of like why I wanted to be there. Um, so I think just like making sure that you're, you're, um, taking up any opportunities that you can being involved in, uh, your school and, um, being able to know why you're doing what you're doing or why you think you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. Cause you don't have to stay there. Cause like when I wrote my essay, I was like, I want to be a, um, I want to be a doctor. I want to cure cancer because all of my grandparents have died from some form of cancer. I want to do that with my life. I don't want to do anything like that anymore. But they just want to know that that's something that you want to better your community you have in a, a STEM field. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. And that's good. So you mentioned all of the things and the accomplishments that you had in high school. Do you think being involved in all of those different clubs kind of prepared you for college in terms of like, mm. you know, the different skills that you have now? I definitely think so. It's, or to a, to a certain extent, because it's very funny because a lot of times like you'll talk to other college students and there's always that joke where it's like, Oh yeah, like when I was in high school, I was taking like six classes and I was in four different clubs. Yeah. And then I, would, I was also doing two different sports. And then I would come home at 9 p.m. and do my homework and do it all over again at 6 a.m. Whereas in college, I get mad when I have any more than two classes to take a day. <laughs> so it's like, I think it prepared me a lot because I have the skills necessary um, to do those things. But I think it's more like I'm realizing that Focusing in on a couple of things and doing them well is um, more beneficial to me than being everywhere all at once. Okay. But I definitely think that like all the classes I took prepared me for college because like I was taking AP and um, like dual enrollment courses. Mm -hmm. So I was able to get a lot of credits before mm -hmm. I came to college. I came into college with 30 credits, mm -hmm. which really helped me. Yeah. Um, and then, like, learning how, like, in my 
AP writing classes, learning how to like properly like write essays and things like okay. that. I didn't really have to relearn that when I got to college. Okay. Because that's things a lot like of that. Yeah. It is a lot writing. Of do not know how to write y'all don't essays. be writing yeah. essays like y'all used to. Yeah, and that's something <laughs> that you do like right away once you get to school. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thank you for that. All right, so now we're going to get into a little bit of the student involvement piece. You're looking at three members of the Uninhibited Praise Gospel Choir. U-P-G-C. Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. So we have the president with us today, Morgan. Yes. All right. What made you, um, when did you start being the president of the choir? Um, I was voluntold. Mm. Uh, I was actually, no, honestly, Julie, <laughs> the story is really kind of funky, but I was kind of thrown into the position. Actually, I wasn't even thrown in. I kind of just. You stepped up. I stepped yeah. up. Yeah. Um, there was a vacancy and I kind of just took it. And I've, I've been president for, this will be my second academic school year being president. Mm. Um, and I will say I'm still figuring it out. Like, yeah. it's definitely a work in progress. Like, I still sometimes don't really have my footing. Like, I still don't know what I'm doing so, sometimes, but I feel like I finally have, like, a, a good hold on it. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. So, you said this is your second year. Second Did you year. come into college kind of with the mindset of, you know, with the goal of wanting to be president of a club, or is it something that just kind of popped up? Um, I've always been a leadership person. Okay. Um, I've always seen myself in leadership roles. Yeah. So, being the president of an organization was... It wasn't something I was striving for, but it was something that, like, if it happened, it would be like, oh, okay, box checked. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely didn't see myself when I joined the choir, like, oh, this is something I'm going to be the president of. Like, it was always, like, a little thought in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. Like, I even ran. The year before I started, I actually ran. Well, I thought about running for it. And I was like, no, like, I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. And the Lord put me in the position. So he okay. was like, I told you that was what you were going to do. Okay. So, yeah. okay. You know, you gotta listen, better. right? Listen, yeah. I'm not very good at that sometimes, but yeah. <laughs> Cause my, my story about the same. Right. <laughs> so talk about some of the challenges that there are, you know, with running a choir full of college kids. Um, personalities mm. is one of the biggest things. Um, I think that just goes with like, running any kind of org or being in any sort of leader, leadership position is knowing the strengths and weaknesses of the people that you're working with and then knowing your mm -hmm. own personal strengths and weaknesses. Like, mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest things is knowing that the biggest, the point of it is not to sometimes to get the task done. Mm -hmm. It's to have the individuals grow while you are completing a task. Mm -hmm. Like, I think the biggest thing for me at the end of the day is that did we have a good time? Did we enjoy ourselves? Do you feel better? And do you feel like you've grown into a person that you feel comfortable with and you're happy with? I think that's my biggest thing at the end of the day. I feel like if we get the task done, we get the task done. But I feel like those are more rewarding in the yeah. long run than, you know, some minuscule tasks that, you know, I think that's one of the strengths. Did you ask me strength? Family? No, you did. Um, I think one of the challenges uh, it's getting people, it's really hard to get people to do what you want them to. Mm -hmm. It's so hard. It's mm. so hard because they, people just, you have to figure out how people take direction. Um, the way you give direction may not be the way that people take it. Right. Um, or what they want to do. Mm -hmm. They may have something that's holding them back from doing that, or they may have something that may be a little bit easier or a better way to do it. And you have to figure out a way to kind of navigate that and kind of get your footing in that sort of situation too. So I think that's one of the, the biggest things is kind of getting the task done, like yeah. getting them to do what you want them to do. Um, but once you figure that out and once you get to know and understand your, the people you're working with, mm -hmm. smooth sailing. Yeah, that's good. So you mentioned you're a senior now. I am. So that means that someone else is going to step up next. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Um, <laughs> what is some advice that you would pass down to that next president, you know, in terms of <laughs> leadership and uh, the choir and general, keeping it going? Um, I think one of the biggest things I would say is take your time. It's going to be hard. It's going to be stressful. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be overwhelming. You're going to feel that 
the choir's failures are your personal failures and that's not mm -hmm. the case. Um, basically kind of just learning how to dissociate yourself from the choir because y'all mm -hmm. are not one. Um, that I feel like that's one of the biggest, that's the advice I would give somebody else because that's the main thing that I struggle with is when we succeed, I'm like, oh, we only succeeded because of all of the people here. But when we fail, I'm like, oh, yeah. that was Morgan's personal fault. Morgan, you didn't do this. Morgan, you didn't do that. Mm. So I think learning early on to delegate, to separate yourself from all of the successes, separate yourself from all of the failures, um, incorporate as many people as possible. I think that's one of the biggest things that's going to be the most successful in the long run. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's great that you mentioned that, you know, the importance of, you know, setting aside and being responsible for things as the president, but also knowing that not everything is your fault, right. right? And then at the same time, when things do go well, you're not celebrating just yourself, you're celebrating everyone. I yeah. think that's a really good leadership quality that you um, brought up. Um, we also have the director with us. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> she's, it's her first semester as the director. She's doing a great job. Can you talk about my, um, your experience directing and um, how you think is going so far? Oh yeah, um, I think my story is kind of similar to Morgan's. Um, when I joined the choir, I joined the choir the fall semester of my freshman year. Mm -hmm. I've been in UP for a while, um, and I never really thought that I would end up here. I was kind of just thinking I'm just gonna be a member, and I'm just gonna do that until I graduate, mm -hmm. or I, I might I might be like the chaplain, or I might be like the treasurer. And, but I was kind of trying to be very low key. Um, and someone nominated me. I still don't know to this day. I still don't know who did it. Um, but someone nominated me to be the director. And I was like, okay, sure. Um, Cause I, I have directing um, experience. Um, my grandmother was a choir director. My mother's a choir director. Um, and then there's me. And I had director. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when I was in high school, I was in choirs. Um, and there would be a couple of days where like our choir director, um, at my high school was sick or she was at a meeting or something and it would be like, okay. And she was also kind of off the wall. So she would never really explain where, like where she was. And mm -hmm. so it'd be like, oh, where is, where is the teacher? Right. Well, someone's got to direct this song. Oh, you said it, you said it's in, you, you said it's in cut time. Okay, sure. I got this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, it's, it's, it's fine. I think uh, I often uh, second guess myself because I'm so new and because um, the, the directors that precede me are very, uh, very prominent figures of the Institute's State's community okay. and also very good at what they do. Yeah. Like Gabriel Montague, Matthew Blanding. That was the match. Like, okay, love Matt Down. And so I was like really trying to make sure that I was uh, keeping that same level of like efficiency and being able to answer all the questions and make things sound as beautiful as they did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think are some skills that you've developed in your short time? What's it been? Uh, two months, two and a half months now? Yeah, something like that. What do you think are some skills <laughs> that you've developed since then? Um, I think... I've really worked on um, being able to uh, explain things in different ways because kind of like, like what Morgan said, like not everybody receives information the same way. Mm -hmm. um, and it can often be really difficult to uh, gauge somebody's musical ability because just because you know how to sing doesn't mean that you have all of the tools necessary in order to make right. like chords sound correct or in order for you to know how to control your voice. So um, being able to explain either like visually or like having to slow down and like syllabate things um, was really difficult. But I think I'm learning how to do that really well because some, some, uh, some of the choir members might uh, not be able to hear like the difference in like a half step. Mm -hmm. And I might need to like really, really slow down and like make it apparent to them that like these are two different notes. And so I think I've, getting really good at doing those kinds of things. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Um, what are some things that you do to prepare for every rehearsal? Because as the director, oh, you know, it's your mm -hmm. job to come in with the songs that we sing and the warm-ups and things like that. So, yeah. Um, usually my, uh, process with 
um, preparing for rehearsals is if, if I already have the song picked out or whatever, um, usually I'll start before like a Tuesday rehearsal. I'll usually start on Sunday and I'll go through and I'll try to find whatever resources that I can find just because I don't like to, while I might start learning the song based on like my ear, um, I'm personally not an ear trained kind of person or I can't do it on the spot. So it takes me a while to hear things with my ear, especially with, in gospel music, because everything is in three parts. Mm -hmm. And there's especially like certain parts where you can't hear it too well. Whereas I might be able to really, really hear the sopranos or really, really hear the tenors. The altos are never easy to pick out. So mm -hmm. I'll usually go through and I'll find like sheet music or I'll find like a YouTube video of like anybody else, like who's done this song before. I'll listen to other choirs and see like if the sound is a little different so I could pick up on different uh, voice parts or I will bother my mother and I, will, and I will text or call her and be like hey mom what's the alto part for uh, this song right yeah. here and so I just kind of utilize all of my resources and then I drill it into my brain so all of Monday and then even hours before rehearsal on Tuesday I'm listening to nothing but that song okay. so I can have it in my ear so whenever somebody's like hey Maya what's that one note from like this part in this song and then I have to try and find it um, and so I try to do that so that way I'm really easily able to do that because that was one thing that Gabriel used to do that I really, really admired. Just being okay. able to like, you're asked about one particular note from one moment in this five minute song and you're just able to have it just like that. Yeah. So I good. really try to practice repetition so I can that's have good. it in my ear. Yeah, that's really good. So I'm definitely thankful for the Uninhibited Praise Gospel Choir because it's given me a chance to be or have a leadership position among people, um, my fellow college students. It's been a lot of fun. I serve as the chaplain, and that's kind of the encouragement role of the choir, which is really cool. I get to send out motivational messages every week, which I enjoy seeing how they respond to it. So I'm definitely thankful for UPGC as well. Um, when did I join? Last spring. Last, Last spring. spring. So it's one calendar year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. this is my second semester. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, Maya is also a part of Multicultural Student Affairs, so could you explain what that is and what you think the importance of having that on a campus like NC State? Wow. There are so many things I can say about MSA. Mm -hmm. <laughs> MSA has been like my home away from home since my freshman year. Uh, I'm a student worker in uh, that office. MSA is just a space on campus for uh, people of color of all communities to have a space where they can just be themselves and uh, have a sense of community because NC State is a PWI, um, a predominantly white institution. And because of that, we're surrounded by people that don't look like us. So MSA is a space where if you're, if you're Hispanic, if you're black, if you're Asian, if you're native, like if you hold any minority space, you can have that room on the fourth floor of Tally mm -hmm. <laughs> to <laughs> 4261, I believe. Um, you can have that space on campus to kind of unwind. We listen to music, we play spades, we do homework. It's, it's a beautiful space. And I think my college experience would have been very different if I did not have it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, so I think we just learned that both of you are involved in a lot, <laughs> right? And you don't, you're not just involved, but you have leadership positions. So what are some things that you all do to make sure that you're staying on top of your academics as well and mm. your personal lives? I'm a big self-care girly. Mm -hmm. um, okay. I, one thing about me, I come first regardless. Mm -hmm. um, and I think prioritizing myself really has made the most difference. Um, I don't think I would still be where I am or successful as I am right now if I didn't prioritize myself. Mm -hmm. um, definitely making sure that if something's stressing me out or if something is overwhelming, it's like, okay, we're going to take a pause on that. We're going to go spend some time with ourselves. So kind of balancing the self-care with making sure that my work gets done. So I need to get stuff done in the morning. I also can't um, do things like at home. So I always have to make sure that I schedule out library time yeah. so I can get all of my work done. Um, something that's really been helpful for me is that I, when I register for classes, I make sure that I have big chunks in between all my classes so that 
once I leave that class, I have like a good hour and a half to do the work for that class before I go to my next one. So having those chunks there so that when I go home, I can just be at home. Mm -hmm. um, separating that school work from my home space, from my UP space, making sure that they're all different spatial places has really been helpful for me. Yeah, I think mine is fairly similar. Um, making sure that I have designated areas for the places or like where I do certain things. So I know that if I'm on campus, I'm doing work. Yeah. Like if I'm on campus, I'm either in class or I'm at the library. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm in UP, I'm either practicing stuff, I'm in e-board meeting or I'm like at rehearsal. If I'm at home, um, I don't mind doing my homework at the house. Um, in fact, I kind of do it at the house more often, but I have designated places in my home where I do my homework. Like if my roommates are upstairs watching a movie, I'm not gonna do my homework upstairs and watch a movie. Um, I usually like to do my homework in, at the kitchen table. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't move from the kitchen table until I feel like I'm at a stopping point. Um, taking breaks in between doing my work is um, really helpful for me personally. because um, I struggle, I have, I have ADHD. Um, and so my train of thought is lost almost immediately all of the time. Yeah. And so having to do like, like the Pomodoro method and stuff. So like working for 20 minutes at a time. And then after that 20 minutes, boom, I'm taking a break, a five minute break. And then I come back. Um, so doing that. And then also because I know that I'm very like, like flighty and like my, I forget things easily, always having my agenda, planning out my, my week on Sunday, like planning out the whole week in advance. So I know what's going on, Twins. when to do things. Twins. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Need my need my calendar. Need yeah. my agenda. Where would yeah. I be? Yeah, yeah, that's something it? that I learned freshman year too. That calendar is actually really helpful because, you know, you wake up and you have a sense of what needs to get done mm -hmm. that day, and that's just a feeling that I enjoy having because it keeps me on track. But mm -hmm. uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. So you both serve in leadership position as women. Mm -hmm. So can you talk about you know kind of the experience that you have as double minorities? on a PWI campus. What are some of the challenges? What have you learned and what's made you stronger from your experience? Um, I definitely think I didn't realize that I was a double minor minority until I got here. Um, I really just saw like, oh, I was walking, walking through life. And I think being in college and definitely being at a PWI makes you realize like, okay, there are things that you can't control that kind of prevent you from doing certain things that you want to do. Um, and being in a position, I didn't realize how important it was and how monumental it was that I am in the position that I'm in. And I feel like sometimes we don't celebrate that enough. Like I'm a female president of a gospel choir. Like Maya's a female director. Like we don't really acknowledge it enough sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the biggest challenges it's kind of, like I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, I kind of walk into spaces guns blazing mm. because I feel like that's how sometimes I have to get my point across because people are like, oh, well, you know, like, no, I said do it now. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. like, thanks, but I, I want it done this way and I want it done it now. And that's one of those things about being like black women. Right. They, they kind of assume because you're a black woman, like that's how you're I'm going to, come. right. Like you're going to like, like, yeah. or like they think, okay, this is just a black woman. Like I can, like sometimes I we're trying to like reserve operate. spaces mm -hmm. and like things like that. It's like, okay. I know. Anyway. Right. And it's, it's kind of a little difficult sometimes to kind of navigate situations like that because I have to realize, okay, this is why they're talking to me the way they're talking to me. So now I have to figure out how to kind of stick up for myself in a different way. Um, I think that's really one of the biggest challenges is working with people who do not look like look like you and who don't mm -hmm. understand that what you're doing is important too because they kind of underplay and downplay us all the time. So kind of overhyping yourself and emphasizing like I'm still important, this is still important, like what I'm saying is still just as important. Mm -hmm. Emphasizing that so much is kind of one of the biggest challenges. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think that Often, I also walk into spaces like really aggressive sometimes, especially if I know I'm going into like a primarily white space because it's like you're not about to come at me sideways. Any kind of you're not about to come at me sideways because you think just because I'm black or just because I'm a woman that the things that I have to offer are not 
valuable. Mm -hmm. And I often find myself, because it's done purposefully, but like um, most of the leadership positions that I'm in are also in spaces where there are other people of color. Mm -hmm. um, because anytime uh, I find myself trying to insert myself as a leader in non uh, like POC spaces, I find like there's always somebody trying to combat that. And right. it's like, no. My okay. position is my position. Right. Or like you say the same thing, but like they say it a little bit louder. And then everyone's like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Mm. It's like, bro, I just said that's that. That's irritating. Yeah. And <laughs> the thing I do now is I emphasize like, yeah. So since you went ahead and repeated what I just said previously, so you're agreeing with what I just said, like I make them. And they look at you like, I didn't even know that that was, no, you did. That's mm -hmm. exactly why you said it. Mm -hmm. So you're going, you, we're going to sit here and you're going to explain that you not only agree with me, but that you That's just sick. copied what I said. And it's so, it works like a charm sometimes. It really humbles them. And I feel like that sometimes. That yeah, that's my favorite. That's my favorite part. <laughs> okay. I will say, yeah. So uh, what would you all say some figures are that you've looked up to in terms of women leaders that you mm. have? Do you have some favorites? Just in general? Like just in general. Know. Just in general. Oh, man. I think my mom is one. Yeah. Definitely. My mommy. Yeah. My mommy. <laughs> because <laughs> my mother is really good at, like, getting her point across and being a leader, but in a kind way. Um, because my thing is I always want to lead with kindness just because if I have to get ignorant, I will. Right. But I like to lead with kindness just because, like, I find that people respond to that a lot better than if you come at them like aggressively or passive aggressively. Right. Cause you um, never know. Right. And so I really look up to my mom in that respect. Um, I also, this is so corny, but I also really look up to like women like, uh, Audre Lorde and like Maya Angelou and things like that. Cause I was named after Maya Angelou. So like, I think about her a lot in like my day to day, uh, interactions and like how I want to be perceived because especially because they are, black women mm -hmm. like or are or were like black women who are like um trailblazing their fields or like what they do and they're really looked up to by other small black and brown girls and I think that's just something that I really want to do uh no matter where I end up or what I do I want to be an inspiration for young black people yeah um I would definitely say my mom too love yeah. my mom um she it was to kind of command the spaces that you're in no matter what you look mm -hmm. like um she's always been super duper instrumental in. she's a really really big mediator and i'm not i'm more of like <laughs> a this is what i want to do i'm going to find a way to do it and it's going to get done the way that i want to do it and she's like mm -hmm. well morgan sometimes that's not always the way that things have to get done and she has always been instrumental in making me understand and learn that the only side, the side in the story isn't just yours. Like, there's always mm -hmm. going to be somebody else in the room. There's always going to be some other situation that you have to understand. So you have to understand everything around you in order to get things done. Um, she really made me, like, aware of the other people that I, mm -hmm. I work and, under, and work with. And I really think, like, she's somebody I look up to the most because she knows how to navigate spaces. So, I don't know. I love her down. And then also, Michelle Obama, of course. Um, Michelle does it well. Mm -hmm. She is just yeah, such an instrument with, mm -hmm. with grace. And I think that's one of the biggest things that was important for me is that even though there may have been skin or there may have been like any sort of like issues, you would have never known because she was always poised. She always kept herself together. And no matter if people disagreed with her, they always respected her. Mm. And that's something that I always, always, always looked up to because at the end of the day, I feel like, especially being women of color mm -hmm. and black women, especially especially in leadership positions, we just want to be respected at the end of the day. Like, you can disagree with us. You can have your own okay. opinion about us. You may not like me. You but may, you got to respect But it. you have to okay. respect me. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I've always loved about her. She always commanded respect. Mm -hmm. And people always respected her. Yeah. I appreciate both of your, you know, the realness of your answers and how transparent you were about it because it's a real conversation that needs to be heard. 
So I really appreciate that. I appreciate you guys coming on the show. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm enjoying my podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, before I let you guys go, though, we got to get into some top takes of yours. So I kind of want to find out about your preferences and whatnot. LOL. Um, your favorite places to eat on campus. So one each. On campus. On campus. On campus. Like, okay, uh, okay, okay, like okay. On campus and Hillsborough. On campus and Hillsborough. Wasaka. Okay. I had that for the first time a couple weeks. Okay. Woo! You like Wasaka? It was. It was I it was love Wasaka. After class on Thursday, sometimes I, you know how like, you go to like Zaxby's on Tuesdays? <laughs> I've been going to Wasaka on she knows, Thursdays. Right? She knows, right? Probably on Saturdays. Shout out to Zaxby's. Shout out. Okay. Woo. Um. For me, people hate it, but I love Checkers Pizza on Hillsborough Street. They have the best cheese bread. Okay. Um. It. Oh my gosh. It's like it's it's like this garlic cheesy bread leads like garlic cheesy sticks. So good. Okay. So good. I, 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 I got to go by there. I've never been there. Um. One superpower you've always wanted. If you could only choose one. I think I would. Uh, Join like the Avatar: The Last Airbender universe. I would be a waterbender. Mm-hmm. I wanna, I wanna control water. Water. <laughs> okay. If we're okay, if we're in the same universe, I would okay. wanna control Earth. Um, oh, that's cute. I would, I would definitely, <laughs> I would definitely wanna be like, because like in Waste Club, you know, they have the different berries. Like one of them is yeah. like fire and water, and like, mm-hmm. I would wanna be the plant girl. Like I wanna be able to like. Okay, that's cute. Do a vine, right, the plant do a biology. Vine around you or something, or like make an earthquake or something. That's cute. That's cute. You know. I feel you. I think I've always enjoyed the idea of being invisible. See, that, that was my that's, second choice. That was my goal, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I think being invisible would be, would be really cool. Mm-hmm. You get to sit in a whole lot of conversations, you know, and hear different saying, right. things. <laughs> that's what Morgan was saying? Yeah. Hear people that, you know, how they really feel. Right. I think that would be really cool. I don't know. Right. What, what, what are y'all saying? What are y'all saying about me? When I yeah. leave the room. Mm-hmm. Or before yeah. I enter. Right, you could also do a bunch of stuff that you, people would know. Is right. Me. I just want to be a fly on the wall. Yeah. That's my thing. I really just want to be a fly on the wall. All right. One hobby that you have that could turn into a business. Um, for me, I really like making tea. Um, really? Yeah, I really like making tea. I did tea. not know that. Like, I love tea. I, yeah, I'm my original way back, not even way back when, like last year, mm-hmm. I wanted to be like, um, a holistic doctor so I wanted to go to medical school, medical school for that um, mm-hmm. and kind of get my degree in that and practice medicinal medicine not medicinal medicine um, but, um, work with medicinal plants that's what I want to do like in the long run is I want to work with medicinal plants um, and kind of commercialize them so that they're more accessible to everybody else. that's my life's goal but um, I would kind of make like teas and tinctures to kind of really help people because in my life goal I always see myself as a little old lady with a tea shop and a little loft above it and I live up there and I come down and I make my little teas and tinctures for the people in my community so and I package cute. them up and I sell them up so that's that's what I would do that is so cute yeah, I need to try some thanks. I love tea that is I like that I think I would yeah I would probably like turn my writing into like a business I would probably like freelance write or I would um, utilize like poetry a lot. I like to read and write poetry. Um, usually I consume it more than I produce it. But um, I've been told that I'm very, very good with my words. You are. And Oh, thank you. <laughs> and so um, anytime I write uh, like a poem or whatever, and then I might like share it, then people are like, wow, that's like really, really good. And I know some people who like write custom poems for like if you want a poem for your significant other or like if you like a poem for like uh, somebody's birthday like a parent or something like that like you give me keywords and stuff and I'll make it into something flowery and beautiful that's nice yeah that's probably, cool. that's probably what I would do <laughs> very cool um of all the places you've traveled so far this could be a vacation or a lengthy stay which one is your favorite you everybody knows this. that's what I like, all the time I would love to go back to DC I spent this past mm-hmm. summer in the DMV area, so I would definitely go back and live in DC. That's definitely been the favorite, my favorite place that I've been so far because it's kind of like a central area. Um, there's a bunch of states around it, so you get to everything is like an hour, like several states are like an hour away. So that's something I would go back and do. Mm, cool. 
Hmm. I don't know. I'm not very well traveled. Um, this is such a boring answer, but out of all the places I've been, I've really enjoyed Asheville. I went. I, I went to Asheville for my twenty first birthday, nice. and I and I want. I went to the Biltmore Estate. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. For my birthday, I went to the Biltmore Estate uh, um, over Christmas. Because um, my birthday's really in, my birthday's, oh, in, my birthday's in December. Good. Yeah, that's, that's a good. So, time. Yeah. yeah, we went to yeah. uh, Biltmore, and it was so beautiful. Yeah. And it was like the air was just really clean, and like um, there were a lot of like mountains mm -hmm. and things like that. And yeah. I just really, I really vibe with that. So very boring because it's still in the state, That's but I really, bad. I really enjoyed Asheville. You gotta go around Mother's Day when the tulips are blooming. That would be really pretty. Mm -hmm. And then we went to like the Van Gogh exhibit and stuff really? like that. It was, it was, it was a cute little trip. I really yeah. enjoyed myself. I really enjoyed myself. Yeah, I think that's a great. I don't think that's boring that's a at all. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really nice. Yeah. Um, and then last but not least, what are you all most looking forward to after college? most looking forward to seeing who I turn into. Um, I have an idea of who I am and who I want to be, but I think um, really seeing like a good, successful day-to-day -day Morgan, that's really what I look forward to is like being stable, being happy in my life. That's really what I look forward to. Okay. Yeah, I think mine's kind of similar. I, I'm really, really looking forward to like where life takes me or where I end up. Um, just because like, there are so many things that I want to do. I'm excited to figure out like how um, I, I get led to wherever I'm going to be and whoever I'm going to be. I agree. Looking forward to figuring out who you're going to become. If your interests today are still going to be your yeah. interests, right. that's going to be really interesting. Like, are my people still going to be my people? people? Right. Am I going to have new people? Right. What's this I, journey going to look like? Yeah. yeah. Well, once again, I thank you all for coming on the show. This has been a lot of fun. I know it's going to get a lot of good feedback just because of how real the conversation was. Absolutely. And I appreciate the both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Josh. Us. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. Bye. <laughs> TRIO Student Support Services Program and Student Support Services STEM are federally funded college retention and completion programs. These programs focus on academic, personal, and career support for under-resourced undergraduate students. At TRIO SSS and SSS STEM, our mission is helping our students to reach their goals. We are currently accepting new students to our program. Apply today. Go to www.ncsu.edu to learn more about student support services at NC State.